When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's been the most exciting part about being the co-host of this podcast? And like, I know that you guys are just kind of getting started, but you know, your favorite conversations so far or insight? Oh, it's a great question. Um, well, I mean, it has been a huge uh, an honor uh, to take over the helms for the block party. You know, I, I thank Seth for everything he did to kind of build the block party, obviously through crazy times, through COVID times. And, uh, you know, we've gotten through that and, you know, he had another opportunity that he took and, um, you know, I know that was his baby and he was very passionate about it and finding the right person to kind of take over the helms. You know, he and I had multiple discussions and really gave me his blessing. And that was a huge thing for me to kind of get his blessing on something that he had kind of built. And, you know, with Coburn, uh, you know, when Girardi started it, you know, years ago, four years ago, um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think they really had an idea necessarily at that time where the block party was going to go and how it was going to develop. And, you know, now Coburn's taken it over uh, in the last year. And Kobe is fantastic. He is an amazing He's coach. Funny. He's really good. And, and you know, Kobe has that desire he has that drive in him he wants to get better i feel like this is the avenue he's now taking with his career he filled in uh the game the other night because um espo um he had to take care of some business so uh kobe hopped on with michigan and called the game the other night and did a fantastic job i was listening to him on the post game stuff and his insight again i think that kobe brings so much to the table as a former player and he has so much history with these guys like the stories that kobe pulls out of these guys i would never know this stuff you know what i mean like he just has so much in-depth uh knowledge because he's grown up with a lot of these guys and you know when they were kids like him talking with shenner and him and his brother and you know on the moose uh the pond back up in saskatchewan and like the things that they're talking about i almost feel like i'm just sitting there and they're the ones <laughs> and then i hop in when like I, I feel like it's it's the right moment to chime in so um it's been great working with kobe uh you know and again i think for our fans too you know having me be a part of it being the host for the last 16 years in game it brings some familiarity uh to our fans with the voice and you know we know greg and so for me you know again i never really have had a whole lot of opportunities to interact with our players because again they're on the ice i'm in the stands you know what i mean unless it's Mm -hmm. an off the ice event a charity event a community event there's not a whole lot of time that I get to interact with these guys. So yeah. to have the chance now to do the block party has really been like a, a dream of mine to get to know these guys a little bit better off the ice. And the block mm-hmm. party has now availed me that opportunity to do so. And I'm loving the opportunity that I've been given to, to get more in depth with these guys off the ice. Let's talk about your journey let's talk about how you got from point a to point b because people are fascinated by that and they also want to know what you do off the ice what are some of your routines what are some of the things you love to do where are some of your favorite spots to hang out and eat in tampa and like that's the kind of reality that our fans want to get and and to know more about our players and i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what the block party has done 
is to give them that insight to make them feel like they're in the same room with us having a conversation with these guys. And a lot of the times I'll take when I know where we're going to have a specific player, I'll take to uh, the socials and ask the fans if they want to ask questions. Like if I'm going to talk to so-and-so, is there anything you want to know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually today on the show, uh, we have uh, Brian Elliott. The Moose oh. uh, joins the block party, which dropped today. So if you guys have a chance, make sure you check out uh, the Bolts block party. Brian Elliott was awesome. There's some amazing stuff that the Moose tells us about his childhood and growing up that you're definitely going to want to hear. Um, next week's episode, which I cannot say yet, but we had to get it knocked out before All-Star, um, has been a player who has never been on the block party. There's only a few. Really? Yeah, has never been on. So that makes you go, hmm, who has never been on? Humongous fan favorite, never been on the show. That's all I'm going to give you. Uh, And I will tell you, he was exceptional. And I'm really excited for the fans to to see and hear this podcast, which will air February 6th. But that's all I'm giving you for now. uh, Wow. Been on, so... Way, way to leave us on our seats. But it's true. It's it's absolutely true because getting to know these guys outside of just what you see on the ice, this yep. is something else that I love about hockey is that an opportunity like this and, and hearing the uh, block party and I caught a little bit of Brian Elliott's to begin with, so definitely worth a listen. Um, all of it's worth a listen. It's the fact that, you know, in other sports, the drama is starting to kind of excel a little bit and it's coming into this whole athletes are products versus people conversation. And I yeah. feel like a, a show like that, an opportunity like that really shows you the people side and makes you love that the game as well as these people so much more. One of the ones that I loved listening to was you guys talking with Alex Kalorn, you know, mm-hmm. killer took on the influencer persona, but there's still so much privacy there just because of their time and their schedules. You know, when they get a minute to breathe, they need that minute to breathe. Right. I don't think people realize the different routes there are in hockey. Juniors, not doing juniors, college route, not doing college route, getting drafted at 18 versus getting drafted at a different age. Like these guys have no control of their life from 10 years old till they get a solidified career, potentially at 22 and then some. So right. go listen to the block party because you just, you see so much human and you have so much respect for these guys and their journeys. And trust me, the journey avenues that these guys have, it's not just like two or three different journeys. Like oh, these no. guys can take 17 different journeys to get to the NHL and it's yeah. insane. Um, so yes, block party, Greg Wolf, Braden Coburn, go listen. That takes me to a question though. When I listened to you guys on the block party, you got a chance to do the, the the global trip with with the team. You went to yeah. Sweden, and yeah. everyone talks about that being the turning point for the success mm-hmm. in this organization. Um, yep. That bonding in the locker room and post games, the guys always talk about the fact that road trips are important because they get that time together. That's where they bond. What were some experiences that you didn't expect to have, or some uh, some things that you learned about these guys on that Sweden trip that can kind of confirm with fans like, yeah, this was a turning point of significance for this team. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking to killer about that. Um, You know, being in Sweden alone, you know, that alone was a remarkable opportunity flying on the team plane. um, That's an experience. Unlike anything. I, I don't know if I'll ever get to experience anything like that. Not only just flying on on the team plane, but flying on a global trip with the team it's hard to put into words what that experience was like. Just a flight alone was the probably one of the coolest things. That <laughs> I, I mean, literally, because like you realize these are professional top level athletes, right? So you have a chartered flight that we actually left from New York 
And there was only a handful of us from the organization that went over that weren't players like myself, mm -hmm. our social media uh, person, our game day director, obviously Thunderbug. Very few people from the Lightning staff went on this trip. So unless you were like team coaches, you know, uh, you know, the staff. PR. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just a few of us. So you get on this charter flight and you're literally, you know, you're all dressed in lightning, like warm up suits, just like the players. I mean, it was next level. And then you get on the plane and then you're walking by, you know, Kucherov and Vazzy and you're just, it's like, you're, they're all giving you head nods. And it's like, this is so surreal. And then you get to the back, <laughs> the back of the plane and you have a whole row to yourself and they have blankets and pillows, like for you to relax. And uh, there's a menu, like a tasting menu. And, I'll never forget this. So, right, I, I go to use the restroom and I go to the back of the plane to use the restroom and I go to the stewardesses area where they, you know, get drinks and make everything. And there's this humongous um, charcuterie, like, a, like laid out, right? With, and I'm like, and I literally was, you know, going to the restroom, like, that's really nice that, you know, the airline, you know, provides all this food for you guys to munch on back there. They're like, this isn't for us. This is for you guys. And we're like, I'm like, is there, what? Literally <laughs> board on the back of the plane you just go back and grab what you want and snack and that's on top of the menu and all the different things that you could choose so like again, real meals yes like literally <laughs> you like braised short rib or would you like you know chicken breast with asparagus and i'm like that to me i was like i'm like a little kid i'm like <laughs> so <laughs> the flight over really set the tone um but then again, like you said, you get over there, the guys have a schedule, they're practicing, they're doing what they're doing. I'm doing stuff with the league. We're going through rehearsal. We had like a mini skills competition that we had over there during practice days and all of that. But on the night before uh, the very first game versus Buffalo, we were, um, it was the group of us from the Lightning crew. The players had gone to a sports bar somewhere in downtown Stockholm and Bill Wickett, who at the time, you know, was with the PR and, and overseeing players. He gives us a call and says, Hey, why don't you guys come up and have a beer with us? And we're like, awesome. So the crew of us, we all go to this sports bar in Stockholm. And when we get there again, it's loud, it's boisterous. Um, and it took me a minute to realize like once we got in there that there was nobody else in there, but lightning staff, like all the players, all the coaches, they literally shut down the sports bar just for the lightning contingency. Come to find out Victor Hedman knew the owner of the sports bar. And so he obviously shut the bar down just so that the guys could come and hang out and enjoy themselves. And so I remember just sitting there at the bar with our crew, just having a drink. And I just remember watching the guys and just guys being guys, just hanging out with each other, all as a huge group. All the tables were pushed together. Really shooting the yep, shit. Yeah, they're all just, you know, shooting the crap and just, you know, laughing and just, it was just such a good, warm, inviting atmosphere. And to just be sitting there watching it and watching the guys bond together, it was an amazing experience just sitting there having a beer, watching these guys, you know, enjoying the company of each other was amazing. And literally after we left the bar that night, everybody's spirits were higher. Everybody was feeling great. I believe Hetty, you know, because he's a co-owner in a soccer team. I think that his team had won a championship. And so they mm -hmm. had invited 
Hetty and some of the guys to go uh, celebrate the championship with the team at a club. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know, we're not going to be out too late because obviously we have a game tomorrow. So they went their way. We went our way. And that was that. And little did I know that that night would be the precursor. Like they all refer back to Sweden, as you said, <laughs> in their interviews, as that was the trip that we all came together, that we all you know, dug deep and we bonded and the rest is history. And it led to two Stanley cups. So to be in that environment that they bonded at, I mean, yes, you're on a trip together and all that, but to be in that environment, I asked Bill Wicket when I saw them. Yeah. I said, this is so cool that these guys, you know, when they go on these road trips, they all get to hang out with each other like this. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, they never get to just hang out in a big group like this because when they're on the road, it's so structured between the time you land, between the time you have practice, mm-hmm. between the time you have a meal, between the time you have time to go take a nap, and then you're on the ice and you're back on the plane. They don't have time to go out and hang out as a huge group like that ever. So, again, mm-hmm. I attribute their success and their Stanley Cup run, as they do, to that night at that sports bar in Stockholm. And I was a fly on the wall, so to speak, in that <laughs> environment to watch it happen. And it was amazing. It would have felt like a twilight zone for me, just realizing, I mean, yeah, the way that you described it, all of that going on. And I just would have been like, holy crap, like, look at this. And now when that conversation happens, yeah, you were were a part of that. You were in that, which is amazing. So we're almost done with you here, Greg, but um, I'm going to throw a little little shootout your way. My producer is probably like, what the heck is going on? Some rapid fire questions. Here we go. How do you prepare for some of the names that you have to pronounce in hockey? Is there a preparation? Do you just wing it? Or do you want to know what I attempt to do? (laughs) So I normally will never wing it. And it's not just players. I have guests. I have, uh, you know, people that we're honoring or people that, you know, we're giving an award to. And sometimes you look at the name and you're like, what is that? So (laughs) I make sure I either ask, I meet with the person prior to that read or to that presentation And what I do is I will write it in my iPad, how it phonetically sounds. So if it's some crazy long name, I don't care how it's spelled. I'm going to write it out like a three-year-old. I will write it how it sounds to me so that when I read it, I can read my writing and it sounds like your name is supposed to be. So that's how I do how do you do? Is it offensive? <laughs> I was going to say, is it offensive if I just kind of wing it and go for a nickname? Like with players, it's kind of easy to figure out the nickname. Sure. But if sure. I try to attempt it and it doesn't roll off the tongue, they're getting a new nickname from me. <laughs> I mean, if that's what works for you, then roll with that, Mama. That's awesome. <laughs> Would you classify that as offensive? <laughs> I mean, it not really. Be. I mean, I, I guess everybody has it. I mean, you could call, you know, pasta knock pasta, but I mean, if you call him knock, is that, is that bad? Because you like to say he's knock instead of pasta. I mean, that's your preference. You're a fan. You're allowed to call him whatever you want to. So I'm not going to knock you for that one. All right. All right. I appreciate that. If you had to choose a favorite player right now on the lightning roster, it could just be because of how well they're playing in the season, their role on the team or the unexpected, who would you have to go to? Braden point. Um, I just think that that guy, not that he's underrated, right? Especially to us Lightning fans, we know what he brings to the table. But I think the rest of the league is always hearing Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Braden Point. I don't want to say flies under the radar because I don't think that's the truth at all. I just feel like as far as a gritty player, a no-nonsense player who is so unbelievably talented and unbelievably skilled and unbelievably fast on the ice. Humble. He humble. He just he brings so much to the game, 
But off the ice, you could be walking in Walmart and have no idea that that's Braden Point. I just feel like that he doesn't get the recognition or the credit for being an elite hockey player because he's on a on a team that has Hall of Famers. And he too, I believe, that someday will also be a Hall of Famer. But for me, mm-hmm. just watching his tenacity on every single shift, um, you know, Yanni Gore was another one that I loved when he was here because they're just so tenacious and relentless on the ice on every shift and always giving it 100%. To me, Braden Point is the culmination of that. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Now, you can't pick a line that's already been solidified, at least in the last game. If you could piece together your first line from this current roster, who would it be in your top D pairing? I know. (laughs) I mean, you have to put Kucherov and Stammer. You have to, right? Because they're two of the most elite players in the world. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is a line. And I mean, if you put I mean, Killer is another one I probably would have to put on there because, again, I feel like Kalorn and Sorelli is another one that they just they put so much into those guys' success. So I would say Cooch, Stammer, Killer. Okay. I'm going to go – obviously have to go Headman. Um, I'm going to say Bogosian. I'm going to say Bogo. Oh. Right? Because, again, I feel like not like a un- spicy pairing lately. Yeah, a little spice. You know, they got great hair. Uh, and I feel <laughs> like maybe that's their superhero uh, attributes is the hair game. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm going to say Stammer, Cooch, uh, Killer, Heady, Bogo. All right. All right. I love that. Uh, final two questions. You brought up hair. So the ultimate hockey hair. Is it the mullet? Is it the slick back? Is it the weird shaving or not weird, but random head shavings? For me, I mean, the lettuce has got to have some flow to it, right? It's got to, it's got to <laughs> peek out the back of the helmet. It's got to just kind of be wavy in your moves. And, and I love it when they, when they grow it out. I mean, some of our guys look amazing when they're clean cut as well. Um, but I think that the lettuce, the flow has become such a part of the game um, and the crazier, wackier it is, the more more mullety it is. Mullety a word, but the more mulletish it is, <laughs> me is just always going to be superior. Always. Oh. All right, we got yes. The lettuce is definitely a part of it. You don't know hockey without a flow, or vice versa. So sure. that is for sure. <laughs> and then last, but very much not least, the best advice that you could give just for the role that you play in not only the sports community but the industry. Um, and you know, like I said, it's a tough industry. It's very time consuming. I don't think yeah. people really realize on the outside looking in the time, the effort, the tireless, um, days that just all start to blur at some point that go into it. But, um, what would you say the biggest advice that's gotten you here and that you would give to anybody else that wants to be in this industry? Um, I would say, you know, your work ethic is going to be paramount, right? And sometimes, mm-hmm. You know, we do things that we, you know, you know, you don't always want to do and you're tired and it's not, I don't feel up to it, but those are the times that you have to dig deep, right? And those are the times that you're going to have to put your best foot forward because it's in those times of adversity that are going to make you stronger and you're going to learn the most from those situations. For me, 16 years of doing this now, you know, there's been a lot of ups and there's been a lot of downs, more ups than downs, especially in the last decade. Um, But that grind, that steady grind, being humble, remembering that you are in a position um, 
to be engaging and you're in a position to always have a smile on your face and to greet every fan, whether they're the visiting fan or a home fan with a smile and make them feel welcome. I'm so blessed to have the job that I have and I never take it for granted. And I know that, um, you know, on those days when you're tired and you don't feel that great, you still have to find a way to power through it because people are depending on you. They're depending on seeing your smile. They're depending on hearing your voice. They're depending on, uh, you know, taking them away from their daily grind and everything they have going on in their life so that they can escape to have some entertainment and to kind of get lost in the game. And you're a part of that. So remember that and treat them as such. And I think, again, just being me, you know, not trying to be something I'm not. You know, I obviously I'm passionate about this team. I'm passionate about hockey, you know, and again, I, that's just allowed me to to grow and develop into the person I've become today. And, you know, just stay the course. You know, if you don't if you're not quite where you're you hope you were at this age or this part of your life, but you have a goal, you have a mission, stick with it, because if you give up or you say, you know, it's just not for me, it could have been that next week where that opportunity finally was going to come your way. So even when you're down and out or you don't feel like things are going your way, just stay the course because good things will happen. Our Tampa Bay Lightning are a perfect example of that. They could have just hung it up back when we got swept by the Blue Jackets, but they stayed the course and look what's happened since. You know what? I don't think anyone's decided to use that reference better than in this moment. And I myself could have used that reminder a lot. So I will be throwing that up there. Don't leave it at the sweep. You keep going. Thank you so much for not only the advice, but sharing your experiences and so much more with us, Greg. Guys, follow Greg at Greg Wolf TBL. Catch whatever he's hosting because it's heating up as well as all new block party podcast drops. I'm so glad that you joined us. Thank you so much for your time and chatting with us. I might run into you down in, uh, in Sunrise or Fort Lauderdale, okay. whatever they want to call it. Um, yeah. I had two head down on Wednesday, but I'll be figuring out the lay of the land as it is my first one. And yes, awesome. I will be slightly biased to the, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll just let everybody know that ahead no of time. Doubt. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here at Pucks and Bolts. Once again, keep up to date with all exciting episodes like this one. Download the Odyssey podcast. Search Pucks and Bolts. Hit that auto download button and stay prepared to all the excitement coming down share with friends family hockey fans lightning fans thank you so much for joining me again greg this has been pucks and bolts and we will catch you next time thanks casey